One, two, three. All right. Did you hear me clap? I did hear you. <laughs> Do we need to introduce ourselves? Probably. I'm Jesse. I'm Nama. For those Americans that can't hear what that word is, I it's just call Nama, her Nama like Mama, but with an N. I feel, or Norma, as you've also been known. No, not like Norma. Not like when I moved to Massachusetts when I was a kid and everybody thought I was saying Norma, but with Boston accent. But with the Boston accent. Not, not like that. I don't Technically, know. really, my name is Naama. Nice. Nice, easy Israeli name for my American friends. So hi to the three Americans listening to this. Maybe. I mean, do you in have that, international? Husbands, do you have an international fan base? Two, no, I mean, I assume we will have our two husbands and like a listener. It could hi, be listener. my daughter. <laughs> my name is Nama and that's Jesse. And together we're Gag Reflex. No, we're not singing this. All right. We tried it for the first time. Sorry, listener. <laughs> What's that smell? Gag reflex, vintage denims from hell. Gag reflex, what's that smell? Gag reflex, vintage denims from hell. This is a podcast about horrifying food enshrined in historical American cookbooks. Now, I think we should talk about a little bit about why you were interested in cookbooks and why we're interested in cooking. And I would like to begin this by saying that Nama is probably one of the best cooks I have ever encountered. Her food tastes like it was brought down on angel's wings. Aww. Mm, That's true. I'm immodest and I'm going to agree with you. I'm an excellent cook. (laughs) I should know, I have chef friends out there. So like, I'm an excellent home cook. I can't tell you what the recipe is. And let me tell you this. Best chefs always say who they learned cooking from. How did they learn how to cook? Do they say cordon bleu? No, they don't. They say from their grandmothers. That's right. And so did I. We are bursting at the seams, basically, with tons of ideas about cookbooks. We're about those weirdo church cookbooks that make a cinnamon salad, and that's basically lettuce, red hots, and gelatin. And we're here to talk about it, break it down. And this first season, you want to talk about it, Nama? Yeah. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about and what we really wanted to delve into was these, like, advertising cookbooks. Um, I'm not sure. We probably should have looked up a little bit of the history. Maybe you looked up the history of advertising cookbooks in general. I didn't. But they seem to proliferate in, like, the 60s and 70s, most of all. And there are these cookbooks by, like, big brands, like Heinz Ketchup and Jell-O Gelatin or Knox Gelatin or something like that, where, like, they're showing off their ingredient as the, like, magic bullet for your kitchen. So we're calling this season the magic bullet, our secret ingredients, uh, the secret ingredient cookbooks. And uh, we wanted to start off with what I thought was maybe the most atrocious which is the Chiquita (laughs) Banana Cookbook. Here's what I want to say about why I wanted to do the Banana Cookbook so desperately. Yeah, go for it. The thing about bananas, and I think that this is, I think people will just recognize this as true, is that if you put a small bit of banana in anything, it then just tastes of banana. I think that we can all agree across the board that banana is the herpes slash glitter of the food world. It you really put a little is. bit really in, and, like, and the entire and thing becomes banana whatever. 
it, it becomes banana whatever and like it also it's not just the flavors somehow because the flavor is so connected in our brains with the texture or at least it is with me right like now everything in the dish you also sort of assume has that like mushy creamy texture baby food which in so- absolutely yeah, which in some cases can be great if it's right? pudding because like, you pudding like, you know, my absolute favorite pie on earth is banana cream pie. I'm not a banana hater. I just believe <laughs> that there are only a few dishes out there. Well, banana needs to stay the, in its own fucking lane because... Banana needs to stay in its lane. That's and like, right. there's really only a few dishes that are elevated by the addition of banana. I'm going to say something. I would like to compare myself a little bit to a banana because I, as you <laughs> know, have a ridiculously strong personality and an incredibly loud voice. And for years, now I was, I am a former opera singer. And for years in grade school, people would tell me you cannot be in choir because when you open your mouth, all we can fucking hear is you. Well, it's true. So I love you. But it's I, true. You, you, you <laughs> and I, you. Pretend. But Banana is kind of that opera singer. Banana, banana is, is that, that thing. opera singer. Banana can't be in a choir. No, she sure can't. She sure can't. She's a soloist through and through. So she I agree with did. you that if you've got, you know, a banana cream pie, just a banana on its, a banana flambe situation, also very popular in the 70s, was it not? Lighting a yeah. dick on fire? Yes. And like, so, here's the thing. I don't personally like a cooked banana. Mm-hmm. I feel like the second you cook a banana, it gets really cloying. And I don't like cloyingly sweet things. Okay. But I accept that there are people who do. Like, there are people out there who like marmalade. There are people out there who like white chocolate. I just had to accept that these people exist in the world. All right, but and white that, like, chocolate, I, I, I think that we can both it. agree. I, I know and love some of them. Some of my best friends are white chocolate lovers. White chocolate like, is not chocolate at all. You should call right, it something I else. Dis- I disagree with them. It's frosting and solidified form. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But, but I've accepted that these people exist, and I've accepted that these are like, these are basically acceptable applications of ingredients, right? Let like, me ask you about... You can put, you, I get... I. I don't personally like a cooked banana. That's uh-huh. my personal preference. But it is acceptable for it to be in a bread, in a breakfast That's right. treat. That's right. A banana pancake. And dessert. Yes. Yeah. Bananas belong in desserts and breakfasts. You know what a banana does not belong in? A banana does not belong in a fruit salad. Again, that's the issue. Banana does not belong in fruit salad because then fruit salad just tastes like banana. And not only does it taste like bananas, but as you were saying with the texture thing, everything gets coated. You get this like like a slimy coating. Yeah, no. Bananas, no bueno. (laughs) So... So what's the cookbook we're talking about today? Let's bring it back to the source. Okay. So the cookbook we're talking about today is the Chiquita Banana Cookbook produced by the Chiquita Banana Company in 1974. That's correct. All right. So... Um, and some of the most atrocious, what Dan, I'm going to mispronounce his name, even though he's the godfather of this movement, Dan Lelex, I think, uh, who wrote the Gallery of Regrettable Food when I was like in high school. And it's like, it's still online and it's worth everybody checking out. He calls this regrettable food. And it's like, what he points out is that the cookbooks from the 70s are, 60s and 70s are perhaps the most atrocious because not only are the recipes horrifying, but they all have that like, 60s 70s photography where everything just looks brown like shinier and browner (laughs) than it needs to look oh my god so i think that like 
What we want to do a little bit with this podcast is introduce you guys to like the history of the cookbooks a little bit and where they came from, where the products came from. Um, and we just want to put this in context a little bit, and then we're going to dig deep into these horrifying recipes. And then, as a special bonus, we are each going to give the other a recipe to cook, and then we will do a taste test, and that'll be a visual thing. Yeah, so that later on our Facebook page and on our Instagram and stuff, you'll be able to see each of us not making because, like, this isn't a cooking show. And also, you guys should know, Jesse not a cook, so this is going to be double hilarious. Because she, <laughs> no, she's I'm not a bad cook. I just don't. Make, I just choose she's not to. She's going to make all of these dishes herself, which is hysterical because her husband was like, "I assumed I was making these for you because he's the cook in the family." And Jesse's like, "No, I'm totally going to do it." And I'm like, "These are disgusting enough. I don't know if you want to." Yes, it's an, this, it's an added layer of horror. It's an added layer of horror. I actually, you're not a terrible cook. You no. just don't do it. I like, just don't do it, does, exactly. I choose not it? to cook. Like, I am yeah. not a cook just as I am not a curling player. Doesn't mean I couldn't do it. Why not? Go on, put on those cute shoes, swing a it's broom a bit, around a rock. Why but it's not? not your skill. Although I will skill. say, you're real good with a broom. You're an obsessive I, cleaner. I am an obsessive cleaner. Thank you I for recognizing... That's right. So Nama is obsessed with cookbooks, and I am slightly obsessed with Nama. So we thought this would be a great merging. I also feel like people should know, especially as we start digging into the history of Chiquita Banana in particular, that my other obsession is genocide. Oh, exactly. That's us. This is Gag Reflex, and uh, here we go about Chiquita. All right. The Chiquita Banana Company has such an intense PR machine that approximately 80% of what I found when I was researching this glorified the banana. And there are a lot... There are a lot of wonderful things to say about the banana, besides from a nutritional food standpoint. I learned that you can do the following just with the banana peel alone. Are you ready? You can extract poison ivy oil or bug bite venom out of your body. You can remove... I don't know which, Frank, to be honest with you, I don't know which side, the inside or the outside of the peel. I didn't get that far, but... And do you you go around all day smelling like banana? Like on your shoes or wherever you got the bite or the poison ivy? Like, like you have to think really long and hard about this. Yeah, it's a commitment. Um... (laughs) No. You can remove a I. splinter, Nama. You can remove a How? splinter. Mm. I don't know. No. You rub it on your skin and the shit just magically I, wiggles out. Look it. I, I just challenge did. all of these. You can also polish silverware. And finally. That, that one I believe. That one I do believe also. But again, when you polish. But then your silverware. But then everything is going to taste like banana. Exactly. Uh, and then finally, you can whiten your teeth. Oh, fuck off. You can wipe, no. do it. I mean, it, it's possible. I guess we could add that on. But, like, what are you doing thing. chewing on a banana peel? You know that, like, a No, I think, <laughs> I think it's like polishing your shoes. It's a sham I, wow I, situation, dear. No. Yeah. No, well, so, I'm sorry, but then you still have to, like, rub banana peel on your teeth. And, like, you know how... Yeah. Like, the worst part about it's, eating a banana, to me, is yeah. when you have to break it open, and then you have that little bit of astringency, like, on your thumb from when you snapped it Well, your teeth open. are going to, your teeth are basically going to feel like sweaters, is what I think oh, is going to happen. disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> well, here's some more weird banana tidbits. 
No, listen, I can't I, take any more. Chiquita Banana has... Well, listen, some- my final, yes, uh, tidbit is that Twinkies used to be banana flavored. That's and disgusting. When I That's heard that, it was like the heavens parted and the entire universe made sense to me. What the That's fuck disgusting. shape is a Twinkie in? Nama, what shape is a Twinkie? It's the shape it's of a banana. banana. It's in the shape of a banana. It's in the shape of a banana. What color is a Twinkie, Nama? Banana colored. It's banana colored. It's banana cut. I mean, it's also yellow cake colored. <laughs> Don't go there. But that's disgusting. I that's, wonder, yeah. That's grosser than gross. It is grosser than gross. All right, well, let's go. We're going to, we're going to get, let's, let's do a, uh, a okay. hard left now into the history. Okay. Now, today's podcast centers around the 1974 Chiquita Banana Cookbook, right? Obviously yeah. brought to us by the Chiquita Banana Company. Purveyors of delicious penile shaped fruit and human rights violators extraordinaire. Oh my god. Yeah. So my as we do loves disgusting food and mass atrocities. <laughs> it's like so excited. It's, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's the couple of the year. So as we lay out our historical landscape, I thought I'd just bring you the history. <laughs> of the Chiquita Company, formerly known as the United Fruit Company, or as I lovingly refer to it, Big Fruit. Now, <laughs> the history is ridiculously dense, and we do not have time because this would be a nine-part roots situation. We're not doing that. So if anyone here also knows a lot about the history of bananas, I'm sorry if I'm leaving anything out. We just have, you know, we have to go to work tomorrow, so... All right, so basically we're going to trace the Chiquita Banana Company back to three white men and the entire country of Honduras. Oh but my first, God. Yeah, we're first going to concentrate on these three men. So those, these three people that we're going to talk about are Minor Copper Keith, Captain Lorenzo Baker, and your favorite Jew and mine, Sam Zmurray. Is Minor like a title? Is this like no, a- no, that's his name. Minor like Keith. M-I-N-O-R? M-I-N-O-R. But this and was then they name. named him Copper? Like the That's his middle name. Yes. Okay. All, All right. right, listen. This this is I can already tell that this isn't the worst choices that were made here. No, no. It gets so. yes. It gets far, far worse. Okay. So Minor Copper Keith was born in Brooklyn, New York on January nineteenth, eighteen forty eight. And his father was a railroad builder and his mother was heir to a giant lumber fortune. In 1869, when Minor Keith was 21, his father (laughs) did not buy him a car because, you know, you didn't do that in 1869. Instead, he bought him a cattle ranch in Texas. But Minor... Self-made man. Self-made man. Anyway, so Minor Keith was not about the cattle ranch, was not into it. So he actually sold it and teamed up with his uncle in 1871, a couple of years later, to start building a railroad in Costa Rica. Okay. So his uncle was like, oh, thanks for the help. I'm going to leave. You take care of this hot mess. All right. And despite what you might think, building a railroad in the middle of the jungle is incredibly arduous work. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's, you know, I'm surprised. I thought it would be a breeze. And probably about 3,000, 3, to 4,000 Costa Ricans died in the process. And I assume the racism was off the charts. I assume it was. I didn't get into the racism, but yes. The local, at a certain point, the local Costa Ricans were like, we're not fucking doing this anymore. We're all dying. So in order to finish the railroad, Miner employed over 700 murderers and thieves from the New Orleans jail to finish the work. 
Holy shit. Yes, girl. By the time it was finished, there were 25, 25 surviving convicts. Oh, my God. Right. So now while this he was... Is... Yeah. It's fascinating and horrific. That's horrific. Yeah. Welcome to the Victorian age where people don't count if they don't have money. Yeah. Jesus, God. Yeah. So while he was creating the railroad, he was like his own craft services truck. He would plant banana plants, feed all of his workers bananas. So he's because murdering everyone and only feeding them bananas? I don't know. He probably gave them some crackers, but mostly bananas because they were cheap to grow. Did everyone die from scurvy? Everyone died from extreme heat exhaustion and disease. I don't think it was, I don't think there was a vitamin C. I don't think they had time to get scurvy because they were all dying from heat exhaustion. Jeez. Right. (laughs) So that's like the worst fucking craft services truck ever. Oh, he's a horror show. Yeah. Okay. But meanwhile, after he built this huge railroad and killed all of Costa Rica and most of the prisoners in New Orleans, no one wanted to ride the railroads. <laughs> no one was into. I mean, it wasn't because that actually was just because no one cared to take the train across Central America. I mean, so don't you think they should have done like a market study I, before sacrificing thousands of lives? I don't really. Like it's just. I mean, just take probably. A just take a poll. If there. <laughs> If there is a train through a boiling hot and disease-filled jungle, but there's a train, do you want to go? Do you? Do you want to go? How? How much? I wonder if they had a snack card even. How much do the tickets need to be? Like, how low do they need to be to entice you to do this? I mean, they couldn't even give them away. So because of that, like, I 100% want to take a train across Costa Rica. Oh well, I think it would be beautiful. But air conditioning has been invented. Exactly, exactly. And disease is not rampant. And also, we're talking about. I mean, who's going to take these trains, right? So ostensibly, it would be the locals. And if locals didn't have enough money to take the, you know. To take the train, and they're not going to do it. They all died. They killed everyone. Well, they were all dead. So because no one was taking the train, he used he started using the train to transport the bananas throughout Central America, and he would bring them to a port where they would be shipped to the U.S. Look, at you know what they say that that's iterating on his original idea and is innovative. He was incredibly innovative. Exactly. Very innovative. Well, every one he of these murdered, gentlemen I talked about is going to be. everybody who might take this train, so may as well bring these bananas around. So by 1883, Keith owned three banana export companies. And by 1890, the train was solely used for transporting bananas. And the new plantations that he was growing surpassed the value of the train. Holy shit. All right. So now we're going to take the train up the port and head up to the U.S. and general banana reception at that time. And that's where we talk about a man named Captain Lorenzo Baker. That is a great name. (laughs) These are all kind of good names. That's like cover of a romance novel great name. So now I'm imagining him looking like Fabio. Same. Mm -hmm. But like maybe a little swarthier. A white open blouse. Probably. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that he has a little bit of chest hair? So Captain Lorenzo Baker teamed up with a bunch of other white dudes and they called themselves the Boston Fruit Company and they started distributing bananas from the West Indies. In 1876, they brought these bananas to the World's Fair in Philadelphia. And it's the same World's Fair where Alexander Graham Bell introduced the telephone. Telephones? Oh my God, is this why banana phone? The banana phone! I know! Exactly! 
So now, 1876, we are fully in the Victorian era. I want you to think puffy sleeves. Like high-necked collars. High-necked collars and... Lots com- of weird decisions about sex. Many weird decisions about sex. And that's exactly what I want to talk about because in order oh, no. not to offend the Victorian sensibility, they would cut up the banana. Are you fucking serious? I'm fucking serious because it was too erotic of a shape. So they would cut oh, up God. the banana put them in tin foil and sell them for 10 cents a pop. This is like the fruit equivalent of putting the magazine behind the rack. Like That's exactly the right. adult magazine like this That's is exactly selling right. something in brown paper. Yes. At the same time, Minor Keith is buying all these banana exports companies, okay? Smart man. Listen. Smart, yeah. He knows his business. He does know his business. He knows his He's business a murderer, so well. But he knows his business. Yeah, you're going to come up to a bigger murderer in a moment. But, oh my God. Yeah. But Minor Keith, he entrenches himself in the government of Costa Rica. He marries the niece of the president of what? Costa Rica. That is correct. And then he goes and buys up, he teams up with the Boston Fruit Company and buys out the Boston Fruit Company and forms from the Boston Fruit Company and his company, he forms the United Fruit Company. Wow. The United Fruit Company sells 75% of all bananas to the U.S. They wow. buy out all the fruit suppliers, all the small fruit suppliers in Central America to the point where they essentially own all of Honduras by 1899. Holy shit. Yeah, so they own plantations in Colombia, Costa Rica, Cuba, Jamaica, Nicaragua, Panama, and Santo Domingo. In 19... 19- banana kings. Here, you want to talk about bananas? In 1901, Guatemala hired United Fruit to run their postal system. What? Yes. So now they own all of Central America, and they're fully entrenched in the governments. Oh my God. As the years go by, thanks to our third player that we're going to talk about, they are paying governments and rebels alike just to maintain their hold on their land and their industry. All right. Jeez. Now we're going to stop for a moment. We're going to leave Minor Keith. We're going to leave the captain. And we're going to bring in my friend and yours, Samuels Murray. All right, Sam. Okay. This guy. <laughs> Samuels Murray was born in 1892 in Western Russia. He was a Jewish immigrant who grew up on a wheat farm. And he was sent to the U.S. alone in his early teens. As- is, he, is, is he about to embarrass our people, Jesse? He's, yes. Like Ugh. none other. God. He's, a, you want to talk about a Shonda this man. Oh my God. Also, interesting fact about your friends Murray. He was six foot three inches tall, which is not no. only, inc- he was incredibly no. tall for a Jew, but also just incredibly tall for a human in the late okay. 1890s. All right, so Z- Murray saw his first banana in Selma, Alabama. He paid a visit to Mobile where the big fruit ships came in and he saw piles of bananas being thrown aside by the Boston Fruit Company. So here's why. There's a rule back then that if a banana had one freckle, it was called turning. And if it had two freckles, it was called ripe. And you could not sell it. It, You had like literally hours to get it to the store. Oh my God. Right. So bananas in general are very delicate, right? And so they have to be placed Mm -hmm. in the ships and cooled and all of that. So they were throwing out thousands and thousands of bananas. Zmurray... The good Jew that he was, was like, you're not going to use those. I'll take those turning bananas. This motherfucker took all the turning and ripe bananas. He rented space on an, uh, on an Illinois Central Railroad train. And the train moved so slowly. So what he would do is he would wire the grocery store owners from around the area. Tell them to come and meet the train. And he would sell 
those bananas for like a fraction of what the other people were selling them. And so people now who had never seen bananas in these small grocery stores were now having access. They had no idea what what a banana was. They were like, oh, I'll eat this. And they would eat those quote unquote turning bananas. But they're better with like a couple freckles on them. I agree. But by the late 1890s, my friend, Murray was 18 years old and he had made $100,000 from this venture. Wait, when did he start? How old was he? He was like 15. He was like 15. He's very young. The 15-year-olds I know now, like, they can barely tie their shoes. I know. These were the olden times. They didn't have, listen, they didn't have video games or anything like that, so they had nothing else to do but sell bananas from city to city. And come up with genius play. Listen. That's right. I need Maybe if you fucking put down people, the Game like, Boy. That's fucking smart. That's fucking smart. <laughs> that's right. Maybe if you put down the Game Boy, we could cure cancer. That's all I'm Maybe. saying. That's all I'm saying. So he goes down to Honduras after this. He bribed all the local officials and he started this company called Coyamel, which was his own banana business. He didn't pay any taxes. He cut out the yeah, middleman. That's right. So, and he basically was like, I am both going to pick the bananas and I'm going to sell them. Wow. And he, right. In 1911, Coyamel supplied weapons to the 1911 coup that brought in more Coyamel-friendly presidents to Honduras. Wait a minute. Yes, yes. That, all right, cool. Yeah. He financed guerrilla fighters, presidential campaigns, and government. And then this, my dear, is where we combine the axis of evil. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. So in 1932, after fighting United, after Coyamel and United Fruit fought for years, uh, United Fruit bought out Coyamel for 32 million. But that was in just what year? In 1932. But that what? was just the How start. How much money is 32 million in 1932 dollars? It's a tremendous amount. I mean, get off the calculator. It's like times four, times five. It's just, oh my it's, God. it's bananas. It's bananas money. <laughs> And Zamuri became the largest shareholder in this new business. So he basically owned the company. Yep. Yep. All right, Zamuri. Zamuri. And this, my friend, is where we get the concept of, dun, 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 the Banana Republic. The Banana Republic. Right. Jeez. So the concept of invented banana, a Jew. A Jew. A Jew. I'm so embarrassed For savvy business sense. Yeah, this is... I'm so embarrassed for our people. Here's what I'm going to say. Please. Here's what I'm going to say. To all of those white supremacists out there who do not believe that Jews are white, I hand you this evidence. That's right. Typical white male behavior. I hand you this evidence of, like, greed and corruption and, like, complete apathy to the... Well, the human condition. Yes. Oh, absolutely. People. Absolutely. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> All right. So the concept so of the actual wording "Banana Republic" was created by O. Henry, and it was coined to describe specifically Honduras. Oh my God. It's the concept of a politically unstable country that is completely economically dependent on one specific crop or one specific industry. So, you know, if there were a country that were dependent completely 100% on oil, that could also be called a banana banana republic. republic. Right. It's also the idea, it connotes the idea that there's a society with a very small ruling class that controls the military 
and, you know, and the military can kind of protects that crop and abuses the poor working class. So with Zamuri at the helm of United Fruit, they had their hands in overthrowing the president of Guatemala in the 1950s. And anytime workers in any of their countries would attempt to strike, United Fruit would pay soldiers and the military to break the strike by, quote unquote, any means necessary. Holy shit! United Fruit would buy land, build schools, roads, hospitals, all that shit for people. And in turn, those people would work for the company. And that, you know, I'm sure they got paid nothing, but they still had roads and schools and hospitals, right? And that was all fine and good until a disease would... Now, here's the other thing you need to know about bananas is that they're very sensitive to disease. So there's a certain disease that that affects bananas called Panama disease. And if Panama disease would come in and strike, you know, that plantation, then United Fruit Company would pack everything up and desert everything. So these people were left with nothing. Oh my God. They would abandon the area and they would basically light it all on fire so that the fungus, you know, the disease wouldn't follow them. Oh my God. Right, right. So none of this is good. No. And because of this. real bad. Right. And because of this real bad girl. It's awful. United Fruit was savvy enough to start their own PR machine. In 1944, United Fruit hired cartoonist Dick Brown, who created, he was the guy who made Hagar the Horrible. Do you remember him from the cartoons? Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So he was hired to create a cartoon based on the Latin American singer and movie star Carmen Miranda. The cartoon was baptized as none other than Miss Chiquita Banana. And Chiquita Banana. That bitch was part of, was like fully entrenched in the advertising campaign until today, even. She okay, is the so- face. She's Chiquita Banana, this poor Latin woman whose family died of dehydration creating this fucking railroad oh my God. now becomes the face of big fruit jesus christ because listen also i need i need a second to talk about chiquita in the context of this cookbook yes let's do that because because the first chapter of this cookbook is meet chiquita and they have a picture of her and we'll post this picture somewhere but it is like a banana with eyelashes and like like betty boop lips and no <laughs> And no nose. Why does she not wearing, have a nose? I don't you know why she has no nose. Wearing like a mariachi dress and high and high heels, but like high heels. She doesn't even have feet. Was it one high heel? No, on her nose. She's got two legs. I don't know where the legs came from. Maybe the peel split. Oh, that makes sense. That bitch got sex appeal. That bitch got sex appeal. You can like see. You can kind of see her gams. And these heels are like you know I like me some high heels. I but do these know are that. Like, these are like six inch fuck me pump. In general, my problem is that why is a banana encouraging other people to eat other bananas? They have this problem with the M&Ms. Right. The M&Ms. Like, we also could talk about the barbecue where you have a pig at a barbecue pit advertising a pig wearing a chef's hat. I, in general, don't understand this. Yes. The glorification of cannibalism. Okay, so now I want to tell you, when they introduce you to Chiquita, they say in this, so Chiquita Banana is saying this. Yeah. From 1942 to the early 1960s, Chiquita lived as a, quote, saucy, tantalizing personality. Oh, God. Serving as a spokeswoman for the United Fruit Company and its principal product. (laughs) Uh, 
There's so many funny things that they call her. And when you say funny, do you mean racist? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so piquant and perky from her very first breath. No, so piquant. Mm -hmm. Banana. Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to continue because in 1945... It's always everything that they do is kind of in direct relation to some coup that they helped overthrow or some massacre that they're trying to, you know, hide under the carpet. In 1945, the laborers of Guatemala go on strike for poor working conditions of banana plantations. And simultaneously, the character of Miss Chiquita Banana debuts in the Technicolor movie Miss Chiquita Banana's Beauty Treatment in which she sings to revive an exhausted housewife. Fuck off, Chiquita. Yeah. I'm just so embarrassed that a Jew is involved in this. It's embarrassing. But in... Uh, Listener, if you haven't figured out that both Jesse and I are Jewish by now... (laughs) Yes, as it turns out, we're not anti-Semitic, we're just self-hating. Clearly. Oh my God. All right, so in 1962... In order to create brand loyalty, United Fruit begins marketing its bananas as Chiquita Banana. And that's when they come up with this, you know, the blue sticker with Chiquita on it. Right. To this day, Nama, I don't know why this shocks me, I guess. But to this day, those stickers are still put on by hand. All of this fucking mass atrocity and innovation they're in and they couldn't figure out a machine to put a fucking sticker on a banana? Bananas themselves are so delicate that I guess they have they have no other choice but to do it by hand. That's bananas! But I mean, sir, by now, like, I'm just shocked that to this they still day. haven't figured this out. Like, there's robots out there that can, like, perform surgery and you can't... We can put a man on the moon! We can get a robot to... can't put a fucking sticker on a banana. But you can't put a fucking sticker on a banana. Yeah. You can take... You can use a a robot to take a hemorrhoid out of an asshole, but you can't put a sticker on a banana, I guess. I don't know. So let's talk about your girl. Chiquita Banana was depicted as a banana until 1987. When uh, artist Oscar Grillo, creator of the Pink Panther, transformed her into a woman. And that real change reflected the public image that that people had of Miss Chiquita as a real person. So apparently, the lack of nose... banana wasn't working for them? The lack of nose didn't fucking bother anyone because they still thought she was a woman anyway. Yeah, well... I guess it doesn't bother people when they see Voldemort. I mean, it does. Which is actually an apt comparison. It's key in making Voldemort creepy and snake-like. In 1989, they changed the name from United Brands Company into Chiquita Brands International Incorporated. They justified this by saying that popular name recognition would help the whole conglomerate. Another really interesting thing that I heard about here were, you know, things that sort of PR things that they would do. They would give tours of the banana plantations on banana boats, like sort of out of Africa style, to show tourists how they picked and shipped the bananas and how well they were treated. And as soon as I read about this, you know I thought of like a fucking Theresian Stott kind of situation. Yeah. Where they were, the totally. workers were like, like, oh, we're fine, we're very plantation. happy. I'm sure they sang. I'm sure. A banana plantation that has an orchestra and an opera. That's exactly right. Fuck. Is, yeah. Also, I need you to know that if I lived back then, I would 100% have wanted to go on one of those Oh, tours. of course. Me too. Me like, too. Like, I kind of want to go on one now. And what? I still know. Like, even <laughs> though I totally want to go. Well, I, like, went on a coffee plantation tour in 
Hawaii, but that was like, I don't know. I don't even like coffee. <laughs> but it is fascinating. And, you know, the boats now are refrigerated. That actually helps. That's one of the innovations that Zamuri created um, was the refrigerated boats that would preserve the bananas so that they wouldn't ripen on the boat uh, on the boat trip. But, I thought you weren't supposed to refrigerate a banana. Well, I, listen, I don't know. This is this is big fruit we're talking about here. They spread all kinds of lies that we're not ready for. Making rules and breaking them. <laughs> all right. So the horror show that is, God, it's like so much in context now. Right. That, because, like, what we're going to see in this Chiquita Banana Cookbook is just some real liberties taken with, with, the, with the Latino people. Cuisine. Right. But, like, and that, so there's, like, two versions of recipes in here, generally. One is American food, like, American 60s patio party food that is, like, we're going to make this tropical by inserting right. a banana. Right. And something in the 60s doesn't fucking belong. Where it just doesn't fucking belong. People in the 60s and 70s loved a theme party, did they not? They loved a theme party and they loved a little tropical Hawaii stuff. And they tried, (laughs) like, they made a lot of this very, like, South America, Hawaii, spicy, like, dumb. Caliente! Ay, ay, ay! Like it's very, it's, you know, it's not Hawaii. It's very tiki bar stuff. Right, right. It's Disney. It's Disney Latino. It's Disney-fied. Like, but it's, it's a nightmare. It's okay. a nightmare. It's like, it's like you can taste the mass atrocities in every bite. Uh, tell me that there's ham involved and I'm on board. There's ham everywhere. There's, just, listen, I don't, no spoilers. But like, <laughs> the other version, so there's like, there's like 60s, 70s patio party food. That just has bananas inserted where they don't belong. And then you there's said bananas um, inserted. Then there's, then there's like real liberties. Then there's like real liberties taken with South American food, which is just banking on Americans not knowing. Right. Not having the knowledge. And I agree that there's South American food where like bananas do feature regularly, but I'm not going to agree that that's okay. And we're speaking specifically of the banana and not the plantain, right? None of these are plantains. we're talking about bananas and not plantains. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So none of these are like... With savory prep, where a savory preparation makes sense. Right. So just to like let you know the horrors that are in store. And like one of the reasons when I saw this on eBay, all I had was the cover and the table of contents. And I bought this solely on the table of contents because <laughs> there are several chapters where you're like, okay, I can see how bananas would work in this. Dips and drinks. No. The drinks. The I don't drinks want to dip. Mine. Like putting a cracker in one? I don't want to dip either, but in my head, I was like dipping a banana into like a chocolate thing. Oh, all right. Or like okay. maybe that could work, right? Okay. I'm ex- I'm imagining the then, banana as a dip. Okay. And then there's like baking desserts, flambés, and fondues. So I'm like, those are okay. But then Mm-mm. in between, Mm-mm. there's salads. No. Vegetables. Where, spoiler alert, they frequently refer to banana as a vegetable. That is incorrect. What? Barbecue, barbecue, and entree. Well, now so a there's barbecue a chapter banana they, might not be so bad. There's a very phallic chapter where they draw out how bananas are grown. Did they talk about what I talked about? Did they talk about, did they bring up the Banana Republic? No, it's seriously, like, all about, like, the rhizome and the how the flower bud unfolds. I feel like this is as close to porn <laughs> as a 1974 cookbook was allowed to get. And then they gloss over, like, all of the... They have some Central American history here, but, like, they're, like, talking all about how, like, Alexander the Great, and like, ate bananas, and Greek soldiers ate bananas, and they're like, 
no, no, really, this is European. So we're like, for me, the rhetoric in the context of what you were talking about right. now that I'm reading this again is right. like, yes, these savage people in South America, South and Central America had bananas, but it came from the greats. But it is it of came, European origin. From, exactly. It came from white people. So now we're just reclaiming it. Like that's this right. is our birthright. Oh, that's so nice. Bananas. So the first chapter is dips and drinks. And I need you to know that on page one, they already start with a nightmare. The first <laughs> They're not they're not gonna romance you about it, huh? No. They're just no. right so this, straight this in with chapter, the ramming. This chapter is very much like tiki tiki food, but we're gonna put bananas in. So this first this first recipe is called polka dot dip. Ew. Mm-hmm. That literally sounds like something that I would call a moldy dip. Yeah, but it's clear that, like, this is a dip that, it's like a cream cheese-based dip. Like, it's cream cheese, lemon juice. All right, as many dips are. Many dips are cream cheese-based. Yeah, cream cheese, lemon juice, like, and some, like, chopped vegetables. It's cucumber, green pepper, and carrot, which, like, doesn't sound particularly delicious to me. But, like, I'd fuck with a dip like that every once in a while. I'm not a big green pepper fan, but I'd probably eat it. Okay. And then they want you to put in a half cup of mashed banana. So, no. No, so now it's horrible. So basically what you've made is a banana cheesecake with green pepper. And cucumber and lemon. Oh, God! And then they want you to serve it as a dip with crisp vegetables, crackers, or, because Chiquita Banana has no limits to its chutzpah, banana chips. Of course! Fuck off, Chiquita Banana. <laughs> that really then is then, true cannibalism. Then You're there's eating a recipe something. for banana chips. Then the next dip is savory ham dip. Oh, yes. So it's canned deviled ham. No. So already we're off to a great start. Oh. Lemon juice, grated onion, prepared mustard, wait, finely chopped wait, celery. Wait, stop. Is the onion, yeah. is it raw onion? Is that what we're talking raw about? Onion. Raw So like it's onion. astringent onion juice mixed with the canned deviled ham. Okay. Canned deviled ham, lemon juice, mustard, like yellow mustard. Of course yellow mustard. Do you think these Celery. assholes are going to ask for a Dijon situation? Listen, Never. You're not, even at, you're not even at the worst part yet. <laughs> oh. Celery, finely chopped salted peanuts, and what? half cup mashed Chiquita banana. Wait. I need, I'm going to have you back that ass up for a hot hot moment. Yeah. Because. Sure, crackers or banana chips. (laughs) Again, with the banana chips. But why the peanut? It all seems terrible in its own way, but peanuts is lipstick on the pig. I don't get it. I have no good answer for you about why the peanuts. My dogs are having a fight now. Guys, get out. I have no good answer for you on why the peanuts, because I also have no good answer for you for this entire cookbook. But I Banana, listen. I feel like peanuts bananas and, don't I, belong there anyway. Like, <laughs> nothing about this is okay. Also, banana doesn't go know, in there! Not, like, there's no, like, sour cream or cream cheese or, or mayonnaise or some, something that connects all of this together as a dip, except for the half cup of mashed banana. Like, it's the binder. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like peanuts probably have as fraught a history as bananas do. Two troubled like, foods coming together. Yeah, listen, it gets worse. How does it get okay. worse? This is Just, already okay, an yeah, assault. This is only, this is, we're on page three of, of actual recipe. Okay, so now I have like, like when I was reading through this the first time, I had a moment of like where I breathed a sigh of relief because the next recipe is tropical beignets. And it says a delectable con- cocktail accompaniment. And as, as I noted, I don't like a cooked banana. Right. But I, you know, a banana. 
beignet is a delicious little puff of bread that's fried and covered in something sweet. Like, this is an acceptable application of a beignet. You would have to be a terrorist to not like a donut slash beignet. I don't like a cooked banana, but if you fry anything, I'm probably at least like 70% of the way there for it, right. except for zucchini, You're which buying is a nightmare. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is going to be like a little mashed sweet banana, all puffy and deep fried in oil. Right. Like maybe some powdered sugar on top. Nope, I'm incorrect. Listen to this. And is I just, it? I need you to listen. Are you I'm about to hit to me with a savory beignet? Because if you are, I'm going to need a moment. I, I need you to listen all the way through. Just. <sighs> all right. Are you. I'm just, here. I'm. Here. Just breathe through it. Okay. okay. Yes. So ingredient number one. Oh God, this is like the birth of a monster. All right, go. It's really bad. One and three quarter cups. That's a lot of finely grated Swiss cheese. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Breathe, breathe through it. But it's breathe only because, it. I mean, I love Swiss cheese. I'm going to say that even as a lactard, I am all on the Swiss cheese boat. I'm thinking of this knowing that banana is highly Bananas. featured and already like my salivary glands have fallen out of my mouth and are walking away yeah yeah so that was the gut punch here comes then flour salt okay totally normal in a beignet Worcestershire sauce god damn why and then the egg white stiffly beaten because you don't want this to get fattening Um, then egg whites three only. Chiquita bananas and packaged cornflake crumbs. And let me tell you what's happening in this recipe. You're mixing together the cheese, flour, salt, Worcestershire sauce, and egg whites. So now it's like, that's the batter. Oh my God. Okay. Why Worcestershire? Of- who did that? I- Who's putting Swiss cheese with bananas? What? Well, I don't know, but it's the worst part about this. Yeah, but if you got okay, Swiss cheese with bananas—that's like you know, it, Swiss cheese isn't the sharpest of cheeses. So you got no. like a bland, maybe. No. But no, then Worcestershire, that sharpness, it's like it's a needle in the devil's eye. All right, okay, go on. None of this is okay. None of this is okay. So then you're like dipping the bananas into that batter, then rolling them in cornflake crumbs and frying them. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell first you. Of all, I, I, first of all, it, like on its, on its own merits, ew, gross. And second, that's not a fucking beignet. I Fuck f- off. That's I not a beignet. Feel- I feel in my heart that you, the United Fruit Company is in bed with the Kellogg Company. It's also, it's like, what do they call it? What You remember the Chi-Chi's, like those fake, those fake yeah. uh, Mexican restaurants where they would make the fried ice cream? That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, that's what this is. It's the precursor. Okay. All right. So then they move into drinks, which are like mostly innocuous. I mean, I wouldn't drink them. No. But like banana daiquiris and like a like banana smoothies and shit. But the, it's like a sh- it's like a shake. It's like a shake. You know, like I don't want to drink these, but like, but fine, fine. And then we get into the <laughs> you're salad. just resigned at this point because like it sounds gross, but like I you know I don't like a banana drink, so like right. I don't even want a banana in my smoothie because then the whole smoothie tastes like banana again. Herpes. Right. There you are. Yeah, it's the herpes of the fruit world. And like, but like, okay, I can see that like mashed in with rum in a banana daiquiri or like, there's one that sounds real gross called coffee banana swirl, but I both don't want coffee and don't want bananas. That actually, to me, right, to me, that sounds the most like palatable of anything here. And then there's like a honey, unless there's fucking diced ham on top of it. 
There's but I'm a just banana honey that. pickup, which is basically a banana smoothie that okay. for some reason has four small vanilla wafers blended into it. Like, I don't understand why the vanilla wafers are in there, but... You gotta get the consist because it's not gross enough for it just to be, you know, a banana shake. You need something lumpy and weird, and you need something that your brain is gonna say, what did I just ingest, and is it poison? I mean, I guess, <laughs> but like... We're just, we're going to skip those because they're not, they're not the true nightmares in this book. But like, let me tell you that the first, and this makes, this is so much more like arrestingly horrible now that we've learned the history of Chiquita Banana and the mass atrocities therein. Right. So the first recipe in the salad section is called Plantation Salad. No! And now I just want to be like, fuck. No, it's not. Chiquita. Like, Chiquita, you can just fuck right off to the moon. Oh my God. You evil little bitch. So this is salad, it made is one of the ingredients a cup of a cup of blood of Costa Ricans? I mean it pro- it should be. It should or the be, but no. Entire no, prison population the, of New Orleans. The propaganda version. So but it's still pretty atrocious on its merits. No, I'm because excited. it's so salad greens, artichoke hearts. Oh, the sixties and seventies loved an artichoke heart. They fucked with it all day long. All right. One cup of drained orange and grapefruit sections, which by the way means that you got those from a jar. Well, you got them from a jar, and you know where else you got them from. You probably got them them from the United Fruit Company. That's right. Yeah. So it's some cross-promotion there. Go on. A can of water chestnuts. Oh, God! Why did they do that? Can I say something about a water chestnut for a moment also? (laughs) What is that? Because it just, it tastes like chewy paper. There's it's no the flavor to a water chestnut. It's jicama of the sea. I it's, don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Jicama of the sea. I, I tend to like them because they give a little crunch, but what I don't like is that like. But they give a, it's, it's literally crunchy water. Preparation, it's really hard to get that like metallic canned flavor out of them. So like the only acceptable. Uh, don't worry, just put some cooking. banana in it and that flavor goes right away. I know, no, because now, so now you have tinny metallic banana, because then there's two to three Chiquita bananas cut into one inch chunks. And then like you toss, so this is the salad and you toss it with piquant poppy seed dressing. And as we just talked about, Miss Chiquita is herself piquant. So guess what's in this dressing? No, more bananas. It's banana on top of banana. Mashed banana, sugar, mustard, salt, poppy seeds, vermouth, Ah! and sour cream. I don't know why the vermouth is there. Probably to get you drunk so that you don't taste the I'm, salad. I'm really hoping that that salad dressing doubles as baby food because that would also be in the wheelhouse of a 1960s, 70s housewife. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, while it's you're like cooking. Nighty night baby. Go. That's what it's called. It's called nighty night baby. Go to the backyard and to the playpen where your child is definitely hanging out. Yeah, just give them a in little the backyard. Of this vermouth. Just give them yeah. A little shtickle, as a little shtickle, as my family would say, and you'll be good to go. Enjoy over bananas. Okay, so I need you to know that I'm like, th- like every single recipe in here is a horror show, but I'm skipping ahead. Thank you. Because we're going to be here all day. I actually don't mind that, frankly. This is okay. the happiest that I've been in months. I know, me too. All right. Okay, so... But like I don't, I love this so much. It's just like when I was a kid, I was real into reading about serial killers, and I was really into like uh, true crime stories. So like, basically, like everything that I'm into now. 
in my tween years, yeah. And then shockingly, I got into studying genocide. And then it was like a straight shot to nightmare cookbooks. Well, you know, it's the genocide of the taste. The genocide of the food world. Okay, so speaking of the genocide of the food world, this is another one where I'm just going to need you to breathe through until I get through the whole recipe. I understand. Just, are you ready? I am. Okay, it's called banana Hold on, chutney. I need to get it. Let me get into the lotus position. Yeah. All right, yeah. go for it. Are you there, your crisscross applesauce? I, I absolutely am. Namaste. Okay. <laughs> banana chutney relish salad. Mm. Hold it, hold it, because it, it's worse than you think. <laughs> Okay. It is one package of lemon flavored gelatin. So ah, where we're going here. God, why? Okay. Two to two and a quarter cups applesauce, give or take. Two Chiquita bananas diced. Half cup of seedless raisins, light or dark, doesn't matter. They're not racist. Half cup chopped nuts. <laughs> sour cream. Oh, and, God. Mm. And wait. That's, this shit sounds like throw up. Nope, nope. Secret ingredient. Ready? Two tablespoons of red cinnamon candy. Yes! <laughs> red hot! And you are serving this uh, with oh no. mustard sour cream. No, you're not. No, yes, you're not. You are. So you have a choice in this recipe to serve it with the regular sour cream that they call for. So you un you like you basically make a jello mold with all of this horror show. And then you unmold it and you fill the center with sour cream. You can either use regular dairy sour cream or they suggest it it is lovely with mustard sour cream. Can't imagine that that's true. Red hot cinnamon candies, applesauce, bananas, <laughs> and mustard. But sure. Note, this recipe may be frozen. Yes, girl, with the frozen fucking ready, mustard sauce. When ready to serve, unmold and allow to defrost. Also good when slightly frosted. I would like to say to that, false. <laughs> God. It gets worse. God, mustard and red hots. And Wait. sour cream. That's and an banana. <laughs> and jello. That is an unholy trinity. Honestly, at this point, I'm grateful. Lemon I am grateful. Jello. I'm grateful for the fucking banana to cover that mess of flavor. It's like. It's like death. It's like, I welcome you. I welcome you, banana. Cover me. All right. Okay. Are you ready? Is this entree? No. So the final salad that I want to share with you, and there is a picture of this, and it is, look, it's like, it's essentially what our president would look like if he was a jello mold. <laughs> he is 84% there already, but continue. I know. It's called a golden glow mold. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. And it's like, I regret that I didn't have this cookbook earlier and that I didn't force everybody to eat this poison of the Americas during the inauguration. Uh, don't you think we like were poisoned enough? It would have been enough? intensely fitting to just have it and for everybody to stare at it and to refuse to take a bite. Like that, it would have been the perfect meal to offer. So it is, yeah, I guess. Go to I head, mean, we were all, I think. It's essentially lemon jello with extra lemon juice and salt. Sliced bananas, celery, carrots, and sweet pickle. Oh, whoa! God damn it! Why? Yeah, yeah, and then and then mayonnaise. Oh, and then now, mayonnaise. I'm yeah, not I mean, an you serve, it, you serve it on lettuce with mayonnaise. Of course you do. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Okay, moving on to vegetables. So vegetables. The chapter starts. Bananas cooked. A new experience and flavor. Not an experience any of us need. God, the, a new experience and flavor. The opening, the opening recipe and the big photo 
is something called bananas baked in cranberry wine sauce, uh-huh. which like that doesn't sound bad to me. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound hor- like it's like it doesn't sound good, but it's not like a nightmare. No. But let me tell you, the photo of it honestly looks like brown. It looks like it, does it look no, brown like everything else did back then? No, it looks like you baked four penises <laughs> in. Like chunky blood Italian ice. It it looks like Lorena Bobbitt. I was gonna say it's a Lorena Bobbitt special. It's a Lorena Bobbitt casserole, and it's it just looks awful. Like, and my real my real problem with it is that their suggestion is to serve with any kind of entree, but it is especially good as a gourmet vegetable accompaniment to hot or cold roast chicken, turkey, duck, pheasant, or Cornish game hen. My problem is with their my problem is with their phrase gourmet vegetable accompaniment. It's not gourmet, it's not a vegetable, and it should be thrown in the trash. It should not accompany anything. That's gross. <laughs> but you can't say it's a gourmet accompaniment to your trash can. That's not gonna sell bananas at all. Now that they've taught you how to bake bananas, like roast bananas generally, they just have a bunch of recipes for, like, sauce for bananas. And the worst of them is called Berkshire sauce, which is red currant jelly. No, no, it's not. Prepared hot mustard this time. So, like, the I guess the, like, Chinese mustard back then. Dry white wine, and they note for you Chablis or dry sauterne. Oh, uh, two teaspoons cornstarch, which is a lot of cornstarch for what is essentially like going to be a little, once you boil it down, like a little less than a cup. This sort of like the, the cornstarch is there so that even though you've added wine, you don't lose the consistency of the jelly, essentially. Oh, delicious. Perfect. And there's right. a picture of it. It looks awful. It also looks like penis is baked in blood, but now with orange peel slices on top. And suggestion, this is an eye-catching incorrect and deliciously provocative vegetable oh. because it's going to provoke a, it's going to provoke a riot like people are going to leave your dinner party <laughs> not okay it's not okay okay oh I'm, my I'm god my this is there's what started the 68 riots then there's a barbecue chapter and let me just tell you my reaction to this entire chapter is bananas don't go there i don't know i feel like i could be okay with a grilled no. banana that seems like that seems no, like a world, no, like a fair kind of... Because they don't just grill a banana. Like, okay. I've thrown a banana in some tinfoil with some chocolate chips and wrapped it up and shoved it in the campfire. Yeah, That's a thing that's happened. That's what I'm talking about. That's not this. That's not what they're talking And this is where they start taking some real liberties with, like, South American food. Something called bananas tango. Oh! Mm-hmm. Okay. Which are bananas, chili sauce, brown sugar, vinegar, horseradish, butter, and your favorite... Cornflakes. Wait, this is a sauce and cornflakes are going in it? So what you do is... To make it extra unpleasantly, like, chunky? You the banana, you mix the chili sauce, sugar, vinegar, and horseradish, Uh and spread one cut half with the mixture and put the halves back together and then wrap them up in foil. Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, you brush them with butter, sprinkle with cornflakes, then wrap them up with foil and throw them on the grill. All right. So the cornflakes are like, it's, it's like coated in cornflakes. Okay. Yeah. And then there's a variation where you're, you're also mixing in chutney and curry powder. Oh God. Why? Banana curry. Because they want you to hate yourself forever. Apparently. 
So that was Bananas Tango. And now Bananas Diego is essentially the same no, thing. No, they did not call it Bananas Diego. Yeah, Bananas Diego is essentially the same thing, but a mix of ketchup, which they spell the 70s way, the C-A-T-S-U-P. Of course. Uh, soy sauce, honey, and garlic powder. And instead of cornflakes, coconut. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. And then there's- Wait a second. Soy sauce, ketchup, and coconut? And garlic. Oh, God, can I, yeah, why are okay. they, why are they combining cultures here? Like, oh, let's wait. just. in a honey bundle. Day honey in your. Honey bundle comes next. Okay. Honey bundle comes next and that's the same thing, but you put on mustard, honey, and salted peanuts. So it's the essentially term, like banana cracker jack. The, banana cracker jack plus mustard. The term honey bundle sounds 100% like a jockstrap in a leather bar. Look at that honey bundle. Honey it, bundle. Like, I feel like that's, it's like a name for dildos that comes in cutesy colors with sparkles. Right, or you and I are at a bar and I'm saying that guy had a good face, but I could not help but notice his honey bundle. Yeah, yeah. No, instead it's disgusting bananas. So, okay, oh entrees, entrees. Okay. Recipe number one, and there's a, like, this is like the cover photo for this chapter, is something called Chicken Honduras. Which is, like, it's it's indescribable. It's this, like, it's got this green tone. And there's, like, it just, it looks like What's in it? Kruger, Name the ingredients. Name the ingredients. could come back to life as a chicken dish. I feel like this is what he would look like. Is it, is it served on a giant striped Cosby sweater? Because that's what I think no, of when I think like of Freddy Krueger. No, it's like red and green stripes of bell pepper. Whoa! And like all on top of a bed of rice with these like whole bananas on there. Oh God, it's awful. Okay, so it's two chickens. It's a lot of fucking chicken. Like this is, this is to serve a crowd. It's a party dish. Okay, but I need you to know... I think, like, two boiler fryer chickens, so each one of these chickens is two and a half to three pounds each. Okay, it's a lot of chicken. Okay, and then at the end of this, they say makes four servings. What? So each person is eating half half a chicken? Well, wait. Who's the half a chicken? Like, it's a wonder we're all obese. But chickens may have been smaller then. Okay, no, wait. So it's essentially chickens, like, browned, and then, like... Then you take two hot chili peppers and you mash them with garlic, oil, and salt. Okay. And stir in a bay leaf. You spread this onto the chicken and the bananas. So the chicken and bananas are like... Married. Like, I can actually get behind all of those things on chicken. It's not bad, but like, yeah. I don't understand why the bananas are there. And these are whole bananas. We should just put the banana on top like as a half, as a banana, like a banana hat. Like a- yeah, like a whole banana. No, they're okay. like sort of on this whatever. It's gross. And then, uh, and you're like putting the chicken pieces and the bananas on in a in a large flat casserole. Then you're deglazing with chicken broth, heating it and stirring it, and then pouring it over the chicken. Then you're baking all of that for twenty minutes, and then you're making this sauce. Oh God! And the sauce is cream. No, raisins. stop! Stop with the cream. Stop with the dairy. Cream. Raisins and red and green canned pimentos. No, you did not. Cut into strips. Can. And you're pouring that over. You're cooking that until it's boiling and thickened, seasoning it to taste, and pouring it over the chicken, bananas, and rice. Guys, it doesn't look enough like vomit. We're going to need a sauce for it. Oh, perfect. That's sauce. perfect. We're gonna, Next is pork it doesn't, chop bake, it's, which is exactly as horrifying as you might think. Then there's a red.
recipe called chicken choluteca, which I got to tell you, I looked up, like I did like a Google translate for choluteca and it's like, we've never heard of this. This it's not, that's not a word. These like, asshole white people place. created this. Maybe it's a place. But that is chicken, lime juice, Tabasco sauce, bacon. All right. Dried basil, dried thyme, green onions. All of this sounds okay. All of it sounds cherry, okay. Cherry and coconut milk. That's like, I don't understand why the coconut milk is in there. Well, they I made a curry. other than Tabasco sauce. They made bacon a curry. It make sense. But this is like curry, basically. Yeah. Or the start of like a coconut curry. That's exactly right. Then there's right. bananas and salted peanuts. Ew. Why again with the peanuts? Is know. it to provide a crunch? Yeah. And you serve all of that. Then you serve all of that over um, lettuce. Oh, and by the way, they have a recipe for coconut milk, wherein you combine one, because they didn't have, like, canned coconut milk back then, I bet. But their version of coconut, can you know coconut milk is actually just, like, fresh coconut meat and, like, soaked soaked in water. I do know that. It's non-dairy. Yes. As from my paleo days, I I fucked with a lot of coconut milk, and we still do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Their recipe for coconut milk is one Hold on. can of- Wait, stop. Because if you're about to tell me that they take coconut and just put it in a cup of milk, I'm done. I'm over it. Okay, then we're going to move on. No. Is it? Is that what it is? It's, but it's worse because it's a can of flaked coconut. And like, oh, when no. has, like why oh, is no. flaked coconut being canned with a cup of milk? What and is- then you're boiling that. Oh, no. Boiling that, then you're straining it and pressing all the coconut to get out the flavor and throwing oh, the coconut no. away. Oh, and no. And then you just add, add milk to make a cup. Oh, my. Then I get and then you upset. add milk to it. <laughs> Listen, then I get real upset with Chiquita because they have a recipe for savory stuffing, which you're supposed to stuff into some of this chicken. Oh my god. Oh my god. And like but first of all they're making this stuffing out of breadcrumbs, not like chopped dried wait, bread. Wait, what? Yeah. So it's chopped onion, soft breadcrumbs, salt, poultry seasoning, and banana. That's the recipe for stuffing. Wait a second. When you say breadcrumbs, though, do they mean like tiny little crumbs, like stovetop no. stuffing kind yeah. of thing? Or no, they mean breadcrumbs. They mean They mean breadcrumbs. Finely packed breadcrumbs. So it's Basically, you're eating banana dust. Yeah. Oh. Next on the list is a recipe called puchero. I I didn't look this up. Chiquita insists that puchero is one version of soup stew, the national and classic dish of every country settled by the Spanish, and that there's no rigid recipe. This is their version. In South America, in South American versions, bananas are a must. I feel like... I should probably have looked this up or, like, Googled it. Listener, if you're out there, maybe you can look it up and write to us. Um, But I feel like that's probably a lie. But it is essentially another stew. It's beef with, like, you know, a stew with beef flavored with onions and bay leaf. Um, There's chicken in here for no good reason. You have the beef. Uh, Then there's carrots, garbanzo beans, zucchini, ew, corn, ew, and then chiquita banana. And then... The real insult here, if you've moved on from the bananas, because it's because that's a horror show. Because by the way, the only like seasonings in here are salt and bay leaf and onion. What does what does a bay leaf taste like? If I'm gonna be honest with you, I think bay leaves are a lie. I put them in everything I, because the I also think it's a lie. In, but I think that they're a lie. I don't think that they add any flavor at all. I can smell what they're supposed to add. Like you, they have a smell to it. They have they smell great. But I don't think any of that flavor winds up where it's supposed to. So that's, I'm, I'm going to agree. Okay. That's what I'm that's my agree. controversial opinion for the day. 
So suggestion, the real insult here is that Chiquita Banana's suggestion is that this soup stew, for this soup stew, wedges of sharp cheddar cheese make a pleasing accompaniment. And I would like to say from the outset, false. No. Just sharp cheddar cheese to accompany this dish? Yeah. Like as a side? Yeah. As a perky vegetable side? Just wedges of cheese? Wedges of sharp cheddar cheese. Disgusting. Wait, 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 wait. We're not even at fish Polynesian, a shortcut gourmet entree. So oh this is God. where you're, remember that horrible stuffing recipe? Yeah. You're essentially supposed to take a fish filet, sole or haddock, like a white fish filet, salt them, like roll them up with the savory, with the stuffing on the inside. Oh my God. And then bake them. This is what so Satan. bananas, more bananas and fish. This is what Satan feeds his minions. Mm-hmm. And then there's a recipe called ham and fruit scallop, which is applplesauce, brown sugar, nutmeg, a slice of ham, like a oh one God. and a quarter pound Why? ham slice, Why and bananas. They... And you roast, you roast all of that in a casserole, alternating the layers of applesauce mixture and banana halves with the ham. Uh, and you serve that with a hot fruit relish, which you guessed it, more bananas. And raisins. Butter or margarine, is there raisins in it? Unsweetened pineapple chunks from a can and brown sugar. And there's curried shrimp, which is shrimp curry, which sounds okay, with fucking three bananas thrown in. No. On top? And I need to tell you, when, on I, top first, like, or when cut. I told some of our friends about, cur- like, the shrimp curry one, right? like, so many people popped up with, like, well, I had banana curry and it was okay. And I'm like, right. it doesn't matter. You've just put shrimp, like, shrimp and bananas, no. That's a no. It might be okay. I mean, it might yeah. not be... No. Oh, you know what? Careful there, because we may have found the recipe that I'm assigning to you. <laughs> if you're like, maybe that would work. I mm. feel like maybe it would work. Listen, then there's a chapter. Because, by I'm the way, I you. have mine that you're going to make. I know exactly what you're making. Oh, God. Is it chicken Honduras? Nope. Oh, God. Is it the Golden Glow Mold? Yep. <laughs> okay. You heard it here first, guys. We've already decided. Uh, Jesse has to make shrimp and banana, cur- whatever that was. Curried shrimp. Don't, I think you should give me a worse one. What about the one with the hot, with the red hot? Maybe that. Listen, I have to do some thinking. So listen, now there's an entire chapter called Children's Treat. And it's all, it's actually all fine. Well, my problem with the entire thing is that I don't trust Chiquita around my children. Yeah. I don't trust anyone without a nose around my children. Listen, just stay away from my child. And the chapter, the chapter on desserts is also basically okay until... We get to one of the last recipes, banana avocado smoothie. No. Now, let me note. Now, people do that now, though. Okay, go on. but listen. When I dated, for several years, I dated a Brazilian man. Okay. And avocado smoothies and milkshakes were a thing. Like, Brazilians treat avocados like a fruit. And you can get why. Like, if you don't put salt on it, it's a creamy, fruity, like, sweet. But get it. That's fine. My problem with this one is that it also has lemon jello and sour cream and green vegetable coloring and maraschino cherries in it. Why? 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 Because the 70s ruined everything. Okay, so then the chapter on flambés and fondues, you also think, okay, like fondue and flambés, like these are, maybe I, like it's not my first choice for a dessert, but these are normal applications. Okay. Until, just thrown in the middle there. For no good reason, you have what even in the title sounds like a nightmare, fruited Swiss fondue. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the base of the fondue itself is just like a thickened bechamel, so like a thickened cheese God, cream sauce. This, they 
made fucking love they love them some bechamel they made with cannot get enough swiss made with swiss cheese and then for some reason and dry white wine which is all normal except that you're about to dunk bananas right except for banana goes in there and then for no good reason a quarter cup of kirsch what the like cherry liqueur is mixed in. What you should just use the maraschino cherries that you had left yeah. over from the from the shake. And let it be known that you mix kirsch into anything and it now tastes like cherry cop syrup. Oh so my god. So this is Swiss cheese cherry god. cop syrup and you're going to dunk bananas into it and then helpful hint after you dunk the bananas in just dip them in a few cornflake crumbs. No. Yeah, back to your cornflake conspiracy. Oh my and that god. my friends is the Chiquita Banana Cookbook. So I need to do some thinking I feel, about what I'm going to make you make I, here. Because, like, I feel rapid. I to make you make chicken Honduras because I want to see how this comes out. But it's a real, it's actually kind of a complex recipe, so I don't. No, no. Then you should have me make it. But I want to no, say. No, like that right oh. out of the box is mean because. I'm also thinking that maybe, maybe it's these banana beignets, these tropical beignets with Swiss cheese and Worcestershire sauce. Can I make them in the air fryer? If I make these beignets, I want to know if I can make them in the air fryer and combine new and old technologies. Is that allowed? No. Okay. No, you have to make them as written. I have to be a purist. Like we both have to make the recipe as written as close as we can. So I will send you the recipe because we'll we'll post all of these recipes so you guys can look at them at home also. Um, oh my god! I'll photograph the whole thing. Oh my god! And it's oh, are there uh, any recipes that involve bananas and olives together? No, it didn't look like right. Why do that? Why add no Why add the Middle they were Eastern probably culture? A competing. There's so much in here. Yeah, I'm going with the banana beignets. I need to see this Swiss cheese Worcestershire sauce thing in action. Oh my god! I'm gonna tell you first of all. I am gonna take about approximately 1200 lactate pills to try this even oh, cooking it no no but i'm excited for this this is what you okay. do for art you do this and for the I'm love doing, and i'm doing the golden globe and you're and doing and you're doing donald trump's face donald trump's face as a jello mold oh god this is going to be delicious listener we'll have a video <laughs> of ourselves taste testing these horrible products not of the cooking process because that's long and arduous and nobody needs to see that but of us like revealing and taste testing these products on our Facebook and Insta as soon as we make those pages a real thing Uh, so you'll be able to see us do it and we'll talk about them in the next podcast Uh, next episode in this magic bullet series should we alert people to what it is yeah I think so Uh, spoiler alert I have a ketchup cookbook it's called spin the bottle (laughs) nothing sexier than tomatoes and sugar and there are desserts oh god yes bring them on please so, please bring me a ketchup uh, and, a, and a lot of cultural appropriation like a lot wow more than the bananas uh listen i don't know that there's a hierarchy of evil here <laughs> oh my god all right Okay, so uh, that concludes the first episode of Gag Reflex. As soon as we have an email address, we'll tell you how to email us. And uh, listen, subscribe. Bye, listener. Love you, mean it. Gag Reflex.